Amen. Let's give a shout of praise to God. I just feel like we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We love you so much. Thank you for your word. I believe that today's message is a prophetic message. And Lord, we thank you for giving us this message today. And I believe that you're here for the right reason. That The Lord says, I have a word for you today. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to begin reading. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is going to be preached on today, and it's out of John. John chapter 1, verse 17. I love this portion of scripture. We are starting a new series uh, this morning that will take us to the end of the, the month and a little bit into June. We have missionaries coming. Tom and Sherry Moore will be with us the first Sunday of June. I love the Moors. They've been here before. If you've never met them, they are, they are just oozing with, like, goodness and, and just... Uh, years of service in, in, in missions. They are highly respected uh, throughout Open Bible. They will be with us in a few weeks. But we are going to be in this series called Limitless. And I was, I was thinking of ways. I love, I love to think of creative, creative ways to describe God. There's a song that we probably all know. It's called Indescribable because truly God is indescribable. But we are you know, limited to, to the English language and other languages to use words to try to describe God. So one of the words that I, I, I love when I think of God is the word limitless. How many know God is limitless? Amen. So the name of the series will be limitless. His creation is limitless. His, you think of all the things that, that God does that's limitless, like his love. How many know his love is limitless? The Bible says that, what, that we may gain an understanding of how wide, of how long, of how you know, high, and how deep the love of God is, and that we would understand that. That's Ephesians 3.18. And so uh, things that are limitless about God, his love, his power, his mercy, his, his forgiveness, uh, his healing ability. God is limitless. There's no limit to God. But one of the words that I want to land on this morning, and it's so interesting because I didn't correspond with the worship team, but the last song they sang today was actually where some of this sermon was birthed out of, was his grace and how he loves us. His grace. Uh, the song is, his grace is, a, is an ocean. And we're all sinking in it because it's so huge. And that's where we want to go this morning. John chapter 1, verse 17. And I absolutely love this, this, this verse. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth. Say those two words. But grace and truth. We're going to get that downloaded into our spirit this morning. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Okay, it's, it's by the abundance of grace that we obtain new life, that we reign in life. It's the abundance of grace. But Jesus came and he gave grace and truth. And sometimes I think that we, we almost have the, the, the capacity to think that sin can be cured by doing good works. And if you've been uh, in church long enough, you'll know that there's no such thing as a behavior modification. It has to be a heart transformation. Amen. That comes through grace. We can't have a behavior modification and think that my sins are washed away. Grace is freely given. Grace comes. And I have this saying, I want you to, to if you're taking notes, to write this down. I actually have this up here for the, for the screen. 
And I want to make this kind of our foundation. When you have the right believing, there will be right living. Amen? You have to have the right believing if you want to live right. But some people try to do it the opposite way. They think if I live right, then I'll begin to believe right. But we have to have the right believing. And therefore, once you have the right believing, what comes forth out of that is right living. Because some people are afraid if you preach on grace too much, it, it's going to cause people to think that they have a license to sin because I have so much grace. But how many know the more believing, the more understanding I have in who God is, the more I want to live right? Amen? It's the opposite. And so if, if, if you begin to understand grace and you begin to understand and believe it and know it, then you'll want to live out what God wants you to live out. And I love this verse. When you have the right believing, there will be right living. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. You know, so the law was given by Moses. Moses gave, what, the first five books, right? The Pentateuch. And that's the first five books. You know, in, in, in Jewish life, do you realize that by the age of five, Jewish children could recite, they would memorize the entire first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, by the age of five. Some people can't even probably say what the first five books are. I hope you can, right? Genesis, Exodus, come on, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, we got that. But they would, they would learn it by the age of five. They understood what the law of Moses was, the Torah, the, the Pentateuch. And so they were, they were, they were very well cursed in. They, they understood it. So what was Jesus saying when he's under, saying that you would understand the truth? That you would understand because they clearly understood the law. They understood the law. It had been ingrained in it in their, in their mind. And so what, what I believe kind of happens sometimes in church is there's this, there's this separation. There's, there's a trend to separate grace from truth. A separation to try to separate grace and truth. But God brings those out through his son Jesus Christ to say that they, there needs to be a mixture we need to walk in grace, amen? But we also need to live in truth. You can't just have 90% grace in your walk and only live by 10% truth. But you also can't just live by the law only and everything is dogmatic and they have 90% law and have no grace. We need to have a mixture, amen? Now, the word that man has created is the word balance. So sometimes people like that word better. We need to have a balance of grace and truth. They are not to be separated, but they are, they are mixed. In the Greek, for all the theologians, in the Greek, this verse, John chapter 1, verse 17, is written in singular form. Okay, it's a singular verb. Grace and truth came. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, right? And what I found that strange is grace and truth are two separate items. They're two things with the one, same purpose. For example, if you said that John and Sally play to win, how many, that's the correct English. John and Sally play to win. Uh, you don't say John and Sally, they plays to win. That's incorrect, right? So it's two people, two things with one purpose. So grace and truth are two things. They go together. They are one. They work together. When you have right believing, there will be right living. Amen? Right believing, right living. 
So when you encounter the cross, when you encounter Jesus, that's when you encounter grace and truth. See, because grace, grace has this amazing ability to change things. It, it changes our identity. It, it, it changes our, our purpose. You know, you begin to understand who you are, and, and grace helps you understand your, your purpose. But I also love this one. It also changes your projection. Grace changes my projection because I'm under the grace, I'm under grace and truth. It changed my projection in life, the course of my life. All of us in this room would know, we can all say for, for 100% fact, if we would not found Jesus, our life would have taken on a whole different course. I don't know where we'd be today. I don't want to know where I would be today. But thank God for grace and truth that it projected me. It led me into the right direction. Although at times we might get off course, but it still leads us. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. See, there's something about grace. When you encounter grace, I like to say this. Grace is a teacher. Grace teaches us things. Grace teaches us to deny sin. Amen? Grace teaches us. Grace teaches us to deny worldly lust. And, and we are living in such a time as never before, I believe, that there's so much stuff pulling people. Grace teaches us to deny ourselves. Grace teaches us to deny. Remember, God is not about behavior modification. Like I said, he's about what? Heart transformation. Okay, so let's rewind. The law comes from, what, Moses? But then Jesus Christ came. And he introduced grace through him. We have the law and we have grace. We have truth. We have grace. You know, like I said, when Jesus looked at the people and he saw them and he understood that these, these people knew. They knew the law. He didn't have to teach them the law. They knew it. So when Jesus went teaching and he would talk about things that were in the law, he didn't have to break it down and say, okay, let me, let me teach you on this. They already knew what he was teaching so he could tell stories and parables to make it relatable. So he knew that they knew the law. And so I asked that question, what do you think Jesus meant when he looked at people and he would say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So if he says you shall know the truth... He's not, apparently he's not directing them towards the law because they knew the law. So he's saying, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. It wasn't about the law. It was about what? Grace. And so, like I said, a lot of times people get afraid when you preach on grace because they think if you preach on grace, you're going to give somebody a license to sin. But look at Romans 6.14. Romans 6.14 says this. For sin shall not have, let's say it, say it over your life, say me, dominion over me. Declare that over yourself today, amen? Sin shall not have dominion over me, over you. For you are not under law, but you are under what? Grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. I say, Lord God, Pete Freeman, sin will not have dominion over me no longer. I rebuke, I renounce, I, I, I refuse those, those lies of the devil. Because I am under grace. Amen? I'm under grace. Grace. So this fear that when you teach on grace, that people will have thinking they have a free pass of sin is not true. Because the more you 
find the grace of God, the more you want to follow him, is what I found. If you are a follower of Jesus, not just a believer, how many know, like Rami said last week, there are a lot of believers, you can be a believer of something but not be a follower. And there are people who are believers but they're not followers. Grace leads you to want to follow because it's so good, it's so free, it's so amazing, and I want to please my father because of that. How many can say amen to that? Amen. And our attraction to sin grows less and less. You need, you need to ask yourself, is my attraction to sin becoming less and less? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I finding myself less attracted to the things of this world and more attracted to Jesus Christ? If you can't say yes to that, then it's time to, to get down on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me. I renounce things. I, 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 I ask for dominion over these things that have control in my life. Because we walk under grace. So what we have is a mixture of law and grace. Like I said, the Bible calls it mixture. God would use that word mixture. Okay? Man calls it balance. God calls it mixture. Remember, Jesus said you cannot put new wine into old wine skins. Didn't he say that? Right? Because new wine would ferment. And what would happen, you would lose both things. When you try to put the old wine in the new wine, the wine would ferment, and then you would lose both because the wineskin would break. The old wineskin would break. So the Bible says that when you're under grace, sin shall not have dominion over you. Hallelujah. That word right there is sin. The word sin there is a noun. You could put it there. You can, instead of saying that, instead of saying sin, you could say Satan shall not have dominion over me. Amen. Fear will not have dominion over me. How about this? Sickness in Jesus' name will not have dominion over me. Amen? You begin to say these things because I'm under grace. And it has no, no power, that sin, that dominion, poverty. Come on, somebody. Poverty will not have dominion over me. We need to stop having a poverty mentality and start having a giving mentality. I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to do I, I mean, in giving. We need to be good with our money, right? God, give us good stewardship, but help us to have that, that dominion, dominion over this. Wednesday night group, how many know shame has no dominion in Jesus' name? We've been talking about living unashamed for Christ on Wednesday nights, about dealing with shame and guilt. When does this happen? When you are under grace. When? You are under grace. The law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. You know, in the first miracle of the law, do you remember the first miracle of the law? How many remember what the first miracle of the law was, Bible scholars? Moses, right? Remember the plagues? What was the first plague? No, the first plague was turning water into blood. Okay, so the first pl- they turned wa- the first miracle was turning water into blood, not water into wine. <laughs> water into blood in the in the wall. Now Jesus comes, and he also turns water into something, but this time it's not blood. He turns water into what? Life. So the first miracle was grace. The first, I mean, the first miracle of Jesus was grace. He turned water into wine to bail a father out because they ran out. So he showed grace. And so what, what this brought was what? He brought life. He brought celebration. Amen? 
Hallelujah. But the, in the law, Jesus, uh, I mean, brought grace and truth, but Moses brought the law and he turned the water into blood, which resulted in death. So we have the law and we have grace in the New Testament. See, under the law, God said in Exodus 34, he said, I will by no means clear the guilty, but I will visit your sins to the third and fourth generation of your children and your grandchildren for the sins that were committed by the parents. Parents, we have, I have news for you. According to that scripture, our sin goes from generation to generation. That's the law. How many of that would be a rough life to live under? Because huh, do you think about all your sins? Wouldn't that be terrible to think for generations that, that there's going to be payment by your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren? But, hallelujah, under grace, say that with me, under grace, God said in Hebrews chapter 8, thank you for grace, I will by no means remember your sins. For your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Aren't you thankful to be under grace? I'm so thankful for grace. My goodness, if we were still under the law, we'd all be in trouble. But there are people sometimes that they put themselves under the law. They live under the law. They, they, they breathe under the law. They feel like the only way to pay for my sins is by doing good works. If I'm a good person, if I just believe right. But grace shows us a whole other way. That we have been given grace. We have been given freedom. And we can believe and we can live out what we believe. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's not a behavior modification, but it is a heart transformation. And I want to tell you today, right now, you can't do enough right things. You can't do enough good things to please God. It comes through grace and Jesus Christ in him only. Amen? That is why it drives us to the cross. That is why grace should drive us to become the worshipers that God has called us to be. That is why grace calls us to be Bible scholars, to know the word, to fast, to pray, to give. Grace should drive us to leave sin and go to the cross. Amen? Grace does not do the opposite. Grace does not cause people to sin. Because if that's the case, then they, all, they already premeditated the sin. Amen? Grace should cause us to want to flee from sin. Flee from sin. So, Exodus 34. God said, I will remember your iniquities. Third, fourth generation. Hebrews chapter 8, there's a change. God says, I will remember no more. There, there, I will remember no more of your sin. Hallelujah. It's gone. It's forgiven. It's under the blood. It's, it's wiped out by the blood. There was a change. What happened? It was the cross, wasn't it? The cross changed everything. The cross changed our standing from law to grace. Under the law, God said, remember, God said to one of the greatest that ever lived, Moses, right? Moses was a giant, giant of the faith. He was the jolly green giant of the faith. <laughs> Moses was amazing. But remember, Moses, when Israel was wandering in the wilderness and, and, and Moses had many encounters with God, God said to Moses at one time, he said, take off your shoes. Because you're standing on what? Holy ground. Take off your shoes. But under grace, look at the story of the prodigal son. Under grace, 
If you remember, he was a rebellious son, right? He was a rebellious son. And when he came home, the father said, put shoes on his feet. He said, put shoes. He has, because he has the right to stand in my presence. See, under law, God said, you need to put on your shoes. You need to, you're on holy ground. And only Moses could be in God's presence. But under grace, all of us can stand in God's presence. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to understand what significance that is, that we have been given grace through Jesus Christ, grace and truth, right? Because grace is the freedom. Truth is what guides us and leads us. It's God's word, and it sets us free from sin. But we are in the presence of the Most High of Yahweh right now. Hallelujah. We're not just talking to a ceiling when we look up. Amen? (laughs) We're not just praying to a bunch of light bulbs. I'm glad they're all on. Amen. Right, Biff? <laughs> they are, they've been on now for almost a year and a half. Hallelujah. But I'm so thankful that we can look and we say, God, I'm standing in your presence. In spite of my sin, in spite of my shortcomings, in spite of my mistakes, in spite of my grumpiness, in spite of my failures, in spite of my laziness, in spite of my lack of Bible reading, in spite of my uh, absence and giving from time to time, I can still stand in God's presence and know I am set free and I'm in right standing and because of grace. Amen. And it makes me want to sin less. I want to sin less. I, I want to be sinless, but I, in the meantime, let's all just sin less. Amen? Sin less. Sin less. Your life will be a lot less of a mess if you sin less. That just came to me. I got to write that down. Amen. Grace. You see, because the law condemns the best of us. The law condemns. But grace saves the worst of us. The law condemns and grace saves the worst of us. So let me ask you a question. What do you want to be under, grace or the law? Grace. Hallelujah. And I pray that you're like me. The more I'm under that grace, the more I want to live my life for Jesus. I want my life to represent that grace. I want to give that grace to people as well. Amen. How many of we can all use a little dose of grace giving as well? Come on, we can give some grace because we've been given grace. And I have to be okay with someone makes a mistake or somebody says something that I don't appreciate. I have to be like, I'm going to show some grace today because I've been given grace. I don't have time for that. When you have right believing, I want to say it again. When you have right believing, there will be right living. We need to learn to believe right. Amen. We need to know the word of God because when you believe right, you'll live right. We have to know the word. You have to know what it says about you, who God says you are. We sang that song as well. I know who you say that I am. Well, who, who does God say you are? Let's start right there. Do you know that? Do you know what God says about you? You're my son, my daughter, my beloved. You're, you're, you're my, 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 my creation. He has a place for you. I hate to share this, but this is the truth, and the truth hurts. So I said grace and truth. Here's the truth. As many of you know, I enjoy riding on the lawnmower. <laughs> if you haven't been here long enough, you'll know in the summer I, I like the grass to be nice and cut and just lines in it. And I don't know why that is, but I enjoy that. And if sometimes it's not perfect, it bothers me too. 
But anyway, the other day I was out on the mower, and I got a little adventitious. There's, behind our church, there are springs of living water, hallelujah, <laughs> all over the place. And we have water that runs up out of this ground all year round. If you don't know that, that's the truth. We are, we are right now on top of water underneath this building. There's water all over this property. God is, <laughs> thank God for your favor in getting this building built. But we still have a lot of wet spots back there. And I know that. But I thought, you know what? I think today's a good day. I think this mower is capable of driving through a swamp. Let's just go for it. Because the grass was getting too long. It was starting to really, really bother me. I'm like, I just, I just feel like I'm going to be able to drive through the, through, the, through the mud today and mow this grass. Well, how many know I found out really, really, really quick. I'm down in the swamp. And I'm spinning them tires. I am covered in mud. I mean, it's just like flipping over. I went and I got a big piece of plywood. I put that under there. I got bricks, everything. It just wasn't working. 45 minutes later, I am covered in mud. My glasses are muddy. I go home and Heather's like, what happened to you? How many know right then and there, <laughs> grace wasn't the first thing on my mind. I was so mad. But then I just said, Lord, help me get out of the situation. Oh, yeah, by the way, Lord, Willis is coming to the church tonight. And he has a truck, and I bet you he has a chain in his truck. And he did. 45 minutes, I tried to get myself out of that mess. I tried everything. I tried it on my own strength, on my own, you know, my own ideas. And it never went anywhere. It just got worse. It got deeper and deeper. Eventually, the tires were halfway underneath the, the mud. And I'm, I'm looking at it going like, there's no way. I Oh, I'm going to look bad if people come and see this. <laughs> you know, that's like living under the law. You just keep trying to outperform yourself. You keep trying to act a certain way. But how many know it's, it's grace? And I want to tell you, we hooked up that chain, and it took like three seconds. For real, maybe two seconds. He started up, whoop, out we go. And then I went right to the, to the hose and washed off the lawnmower. And then I washed off myself. <laughs> thank, thank you, Heather, for not making me wash myself up, up outside. But see, because I, I learned that, that on my own, I can't do it. I needed, I needed that help to pull me out of that situation. And so the law will make you feel like I got to make things right. I got to take care of things myself. I got to get over this thing all by myself. But grace says God is able to give you dominion, and he will get you out of that mess just like that. Amen? Now, does that mean you still just don't walk through it? No, I still had to go clean the mower. I still had to wash off. I had to do some. There was some, some, some work involved to get things right. But grace will forgive the sin, and then you got to start saying, I'm going to walk right. I'm going to walk towards Jesus. Amen? I'm going to do the things that I've been, I've been knowing that I should do, like pray, like give, like serve, and, and, and read the word. All these things I learned as a child. Maybe you learned it as a child. Maybe when you were a kid, you, you knew it. You loved it. Maybe you drifted away from that. It's time to come back under grace. Maybe you're living in a prison of sin. Many times Paul would write scriptures. As we read these scriptures, he was in a physical prison. But maybe it's not a physical. Maybe it's a spiritual prison. And maybe you're living underneath that. And, and it's just kind of... Uh, uh, taken over your life where you're under this, this, this law and you just feel like you're not worthy. You're not good enough. I have news. You're not good enough, but Jesus is good enough. 
Amen. His grace is sufficient. His grace is more than enough. Because when you live like that, I lived like that for a season. I want to tell you what. You feel like you're always looking over your shoulder like, I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get caught. That is not a place to live. Grace sets you free from that. Amen. Aren't you thankful for grace that you can now say, my past is in my past. And God has my future right where he wants me to be. That's grace. That is grace. He can use the hardened, the most hardened person and use their life and set them free. Let's stand together. Would you stand with me since I'm already standing? I will continue this series. There's so much, there's so much here about God's limitless power. But his grace is limitless. I want you to think about when you pray, say, God, thank you for your limitless love. Thank you for your limitless grace. Thank you for your limitless resources. Thank you, God. You're limitless. The picture is a picture of the universe. And I, and I picked that on purpose because you just think about the, the, the universe and you look at it and you say, just the little bit that we see. You know, we only see just a little glimpse of the entire universe. We just see like not even an ounce. I mean, just, we see just the smallest part of God's amazing, limitless creation. He hung the stars and he hung the planets and he put it all together in the, in the galaxies and the solar systems and everything. It's all under God's watch. It's all under his control. We are standing in the presence of greatness. God is amazing. And yet he's so great, but he's so relational. He's so personal. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, out of the billions of places in the galaxy, here we are on the third rock from the sun. It didn't just happen by chance. Come on, somebody. God created it. The, the, the percentages, if you are a student of science, and I love science. I actually will let you know my dream in life at one point was to either be a meteorologist or a sports broadcaster. That's a whole other story. I went to college for, I wanted to be a meteorologist. I love science. And I, and I would study things like the universe and the skies and, the, and, and weather patterns and things like that. But the more you study it, the more you realize how great our God is. And you look up in the sky and you say, God, there's so much more to the unseen eye. We limit God. We limit God with our life. We limit God with our belief system. We limit God with our, how we treat others. We limit God with just how we believe God loves us. But guess what? God is limitless. He's got enough grace. He can forgive any sin. He will forgive any sin. And even if you've, you've, you've been off track for a long time, Maybe you say, I believed in God. And I mean, be honest with yourself. It's, it's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to live for God. To follow God. I want to follow God. I want to follow God all the days of my life. I have a church that I'm proud to say I have a church of, of followers. Yet we struggle. Yet we stumble. We get ourselves back up. Amen. And we thank God for grace. That yet you can fall, you can make a mistake in this house, but as your pastor, I will give you grace. 
I ask you to do the same for me. I'm not here to confess anything. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to do anything. But I'm just saying, let's live underneath that mindset. Amen. Hallelujah. It's limitless. It's limitless. I want to read one verse and I want to pray over you. And I'm going to ask you to say a prayer with me this morning. If you want to take that dominion or take that stance. Maybe today you just say, you know, I need to confess my sin. I, sin is one of those things that sometimes we don't talk about enough in the church, but it's, it's, it's in our everyday life. It, it, it imprisons people. And God said, I gave you my son so that you can be free from this. But this verse, I love, I love this, what the Bible says, 1 John chapter 3. And I want you to believe what the word says about you. It says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. What great love the Father has lavished. Remember Hebrews, he said, by no means will I remember your sin. By no means, because I sent my son to redeem the relationship between God and man. By no means will I remember that sin. That sin that you remember that has been under the blood, in Jesus' name, we take dominion over those memories, those thoughts of failure. God says, you are not a failure. You are forgiven. He doesn't even remember. There's something that God can't do. He can't remember. There are some things that God can't do. God can't sin. Amen. Hallelujah. God can't turn his back on his son. The only time he had to do that is when he carried sin. But after that, no. And God won't turn his back on you when you come to him and say, God, forgive me. He will say, yes, I forgive you. God's not going to say, no, you've done too much wrong. You're not good enough. You, you, don't, you don't lift your hands enough in church. He's going to say, I see your heart. I see your heart. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Thank you for loving us, God. I have a word I want to say this before I even pray, that you are chosen. You are free from condemnation through Christ's death on the cross. You have the mind of Christ. You need to believe that and say, I have the mind of Christ. And you can do all things through Jesus Christ. You can do all things. You can flee from that sin today. You can decide today. Today can be that day. You can say, I decided today. And not tomorrow, not in a month, but today. I decided that you can flee from that sin through Jesus Christ and his power. Not through your own power, but through his power and through his grace. Through his grace. Father God, over this place, we thank you for this word. As we are in this season of reflecting the limitless, the limitless love, the limitless power, the limitless forgiveness of Yahweh. Thank you for sending us your son. Thank you no matter where we're at today, God. You said, I'm going to put some new shoes on you. I'm going to put a new thing on you. In that area of your life that you struggle with, God knows exactly that. So he knows your struggle. He knows your heart. We give you those things today, God. Help us to walk away from those things that drive us into places of being under the law in our mind. I want you to pray this prayer with me today. If you want to 
just take a stance against sin, take a stance against feeling that you're not worthy. Even in, there are times in my own life I say, God, am I, I'm not a good enough husband or good enough pastor, a good enough father, or just things like that. And the enemy comes and he tries to overwhelm us with those thoughts. And I have to literally take dominion and say, not today, like the song devil. I know who I am in Christ. And I pray this prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, your love for me is limitless. I am going to believe who you say I am. I'm going to believe that your word is true. And it's for me and about me. Thank you for choosing me. And today, I choose to believe I am who you say I am. You are holy. You are mighty and able to forgive. Forgive me of all my sin. Remember it no more. And equip me to do the work you've called me to do. Give me faith to believe now right now and to follow you with right living in Jesus name amen 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 father we declare this in the name of Jesus we denounce we rebuke the lie of the enemy that would tell us later on today or tomorrow whenever in the week God that, that what we did was was just emotional but Lord this is real we are taking a stance in our own life and saying, I choose not only to believe, but to follow a limitless God with limitless power, with limitless love and limitless grace. And we have an amazing gift to worship him with our life, with our love and with our actions. In Jesus' name, amen. You receive that today. Say amen. This praise the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We praise you. We love you. Now, God, we ask that you would guide us all week. Lord, I pray that we would have opportunities to pray for people. Lord, I pray that we would use our gifts and our abilities to serve you. Lord, I pray that we would invite people to this church to see what you're doing in this place to meet to meet these wonderful people that I get to call uh, Lord my friends in this congregation Lord I pray now as we leave this place Lord that you would remind us all week how much you love us that father that we can continue to walk away from that that law thinking but live in grace and truth the grace of freedom and the truth, Lord God, that we can know you more and walk away from sin. Bless each one here today as we go in Jesus' name.